Good morning. James Lewis of this dream house. We have Laura Rowan from Gatekeepers. So we're excited to talk with her about paranormal activity around the world, but also at Bobby Mackey's. Laura, thank you for joining us today. No, oh, thank you for having me. So what is Gatekeeper or Gate yeah, Gatekeepers Paranormal? Um, well, we are three ladies from northern Kentucky. Um, we've been together about Seven years, seven or eight years, um, and we've been doing the tours at Mackey's for almost as long, probably we're going on our seventh year. Um, so we do the tours there every week, all year round. And, you know, we also travel to other locations and do our own, you know, investigations, mostly for fun, you know, just to check out other haunted locations. So what areas do you cover of the, of the world? Um, everywhere. <laughs> I mean, we'll go anywhere. We just went, um, actually around this time last year, we were getting ready to head to Romania. So we spent 10 days in Romania checking out some, you know, haunted locations and old historic uh, castles and forts and things like that, which was really cool. You mentioned uh, there's three members of the team. Tell us about your team. Um, well, my uh, friend Angie is on the team and Jan as well. Um, both of them, you know, like I said, have been doing this for years. Um, and, you know, we've all had our own personal experiences, I think, that got us interested in, in doing this. Um, so everybody has their own story as far as why they like doing this. Um, yeah, I was going to say you read my mind. That was going to be my yeah. thing. Have you all experienced <laughs> it? So tell us about your experience. Um, excuse me. Well, what I think got me interested, um, when I was little, like, you know, five or six years old, um, I believe my grandmother's house had something going on in there because I experienced several things in there, everything from shadows, um, to hearing voices. She had this weird little, um, kind of a crawl space down in her basement and it just, it always freaked me out, but I would sit outside the door of that crawl space and just listen. And I, I used to tell her that I heard people talking down there and, you know, she always told me I was, you know, my imagination, but you know, I heard people talking on the other side of that door and it was, it was really creepy. Um, and she even had experiences that she told me later in life. Like when I was a teenager, she told me, yeah, I never told you this when you were a kid, you know, when you were little, but um, I experienced some things in that house too. So, I think I think that's what really piqued my interest was, and ever since then, you know, I was the kid that was always reading books about ghosts and and watching you know TV shows um, back in the eighties about ghosts, and I was the weird kid for sure. Why are crawl spaces not illegal? Because you always hear bad things. You never have <laughs> any good things. You're not like, hey, I looked down there and I found random Christmas presents. It's always yeah, uh, dead it's bodies and haunted ghosts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's never yeah, there's never any happy stories. They're like, Oh, that's where my dog likes to sleep. No, it's always monsters. Or, or maybe that's where the money's buried, you know? Oh yeah, now that would be okay <laughs> if we yeah. had that as an experience. Yeah. So yeah, shoot. So with your investigations, do you charge for them? You mean at Mackey's or Oh no, around when you go out to other places. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, I mean, if you're talking about um, personal... Let's say if I thought my house was haunted, for example. Oh, 
Okay. If you thought your house was haunted, no, absolutely not. Um, I, I don't think people should charge for that because really it, it's not an exact science. I mean, let's be honest here. There's not a lot of scientific evidence to back it up. It's mainly trying to gather that evidence and hope that you can, you know, maybe one day prove that it exists. But no, we would never charge anyone for that. Now, of course, with, you know, with being a famous celebrity. <laughs> yeah, I can't even say that with a straight face. But, uh, you know, I'm all about my privacy and confidentiality. You know, so when you come to check out my house to make sure, it's, you know, see if it's haunted or not, uh, don't have to worry about any of those issues. No, I mean, we have, um, we do have a website and we don't honestly do as many personal uh, residential investigations as we used to, mainly because we're so busy with Mackey's. Um, but we we have done some, and we do still do them occasionally. And if we capture evidence, you know, we always ask the permission of the homeowner if we can post it on our website. And even if we do post it, we're not going to post someone's address or personal pictures of their house or anything. It would probably just be an audio clip of, you know, that voice from the crawl space or something. Okay, so like an EVP, and of course, we're back at the evil crawl space again. Right. <laughs> so uh, what about uh, contacting the neighbors or previous owners when you're doing, you know, research into it? Do you do you check that out? Um, sometimes it really depends on what the person says is going on. I mean, I have spent um, hours down at the courthouse looking through old deed books trying to find, you know, especially on those historic homes, trying to find out what might have happened on the property or what might have happened in that house in the past. Um, but a lot of times the homeowners kind of know, especially if they live in a historic home, they kind of know the history of the house. Um, but, yeah, we do research. If, if it's possible, we'll do as much research as we can. Awesome. And like you said about privacy, you don't really share the the names or locations or anything like that with any other paranormal groups or any of that kind of stuff, I'd bet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, Excellent. like I said, it, it's all the permission of the homeowner. If they're fine with it, then, you know, yeah, we'll share what we what we capture. Um, but if they want, if they don't want it shared, then we absolutely wouldn't do it. So you mentioned EVP uh, earlier with, you know, the voice. What other technologies do you use? Um, the EVP, I think, is our main um, tool, if you will, of, of capturing evidence. That seems to be the most reliable. Um, we take pictures and video, but to be perfectly honest, those are kind of hard to capture something. And I think a lot of times, even if you do capture something, there's going to be 500 people on Facebook telling you that you faked it. So, you know, it's almost, unless you've got a ghost that's going to just, you know, apparate out of the air and walk up to your camera and say hi, people aren't going to believe photographic evidence i don't think with uh i mean with having all the portable options i'm guessing it doesn't take as long for the investigations as it used to uh no it doesn't because yeah a lot of the time was spent back then and we had one of those systems we had like a a monitor with about 10 cameras all wired up and you had to get creative in how you would you know run the wires through the house to reach every room and yeah that took a lot of time so now we can just basically walk in and get started without a lot of setup time. Nice. So about how long does an investigation take? Um, it depends. I mean, typically we'll spend maybe 
four hours. Um, it depends. I mean, if things are really, you know, kicking off, you know, we'll stay longer, of course. But sometimes, you know, after a few hours, if it's just absolutely dead, <laughs> quiet, um, uh-huh. you know, maybe <laughs> maybe we'll say, you know, maybe we'll we'll cut this one and we'll come back next week and try it again because you know ghosts don't work on a schedule they don't work on my schedule so if you know if they're not coming out they're not coming out and maybe we'll just try again another night um and like i said without all that bulky equipment it's easy to do that and you know just come back a different day speaking of things ghosts don't like do they like strangers um i don't know (laughs) i mean i think i you know i don't know what's a stranger to them, you know, if they're, if it's the same spirit that's in someone's house every single time, then no, maybe they don't like strangers. And that could be why they're not talking. Um, but I always think about Mackie's and, and the spirits that are at Mackie's and they see strangers all the time. Um, so I don't know. They probably, if it's their home and especially maybe if it was their home in, in their previous life, then they probably don't like strangers. But uh, on the other hand, you know, maybe they get lonely and they they like someone else to interact with. I don't know. I'll have to ask them next time. Yeah, because I was wondering, I mean, if that would cause them to be more active or less active, you know, with having people, you know, come in from uh, from outside. Yeah, yeah. Is it possible to coexist with the supernatural? Um, yeah, I think so. I think so, as, as long as you know, as long as you're comfortable with it and as long as they're not, you're not being harmed. I mean, there are people that I know that say, oh, you know, yeah, the spirit is in my house. We, you know, we just coexist together. We live together. Everything's cool. Now, me personally, I couldn't, that would make me uncomfortable. I you think that somebody's sitting here right now watching me. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do it. But there are people who feel comfortable in that situation. So what happens during your post investigation? What do you what do you do for the clients? Um, well, first of all, you know, after the investigation, it's it's hours upon hours of of reviewing uh, footage. Um, mostly, like I said, it's mostly audio um, that we go through, and and you know that takes forever trying to just listen to everything and and pull out clips. And then once we get that together. Um, we'll put it all on a CD or an electronic file and give it, um, give it to the homeowner and go over it with them and tell them what we captured. And, you know, sometimes they're, they're happy with it and, you know, sometimes it, you know, they get upset with what they've heard. So you just never know how, how the homeowner is going to react. It's like they want the validation. That's why they've called you there. But then when you present it to them, like, yeah, we caught this voice of, you know, somebody saying something and, you know, then they get upset and scared and don't want to hear about it. So oh, with cool. uh, with the experience, tell us uh, what what do they usually get to experience on the tour? Oh my, um, we have everything from shadows to audible voices to uh, I believe I saw a full bodied apparition several years ago. Um, I saw him leaning against a pool table, and it wasn't the typical, you know, dark shadow figure that people see, it looked like a person was leaning on the pool table. Uh, and I saw him and I looked away. And when I looked back, he was gone. But I mean, I could clearly see his shirt. I could see his skin. I could see his hair. 
I, he looked like a person. That's that's the only way I can describe it. But there was nobody there. Um, oh, wow. So that was an interesting experience. Um, mm-hmm. We've had, you know, objects moving. Um, my favorite thing, this was just about a year and a half ago, uh, a pool ball, because there are some pool tables in the back of the club. Mm-hmm. And I always set a pool ball on, on one of the, next to one of the pockets. And somebody or something knocked it in. And it, you know, it fell in and it rolled all the way down to the, where the balls, you know, end up. And there was nobody around that table. There was mm-hmm. nobody near it. And, and the ball fell in. Um, so that was pretty cool. And like I said, we catch voices all the time, either on recordings or just hearing them. A lot of times we'll just hear a voice, you know, just out of the air. It's, it's amazing. I'm always amazed every time I go in there of the different things that, that we experience. Sounds like something that, uh, somebody who either doubts or somebody that is really into the paranormal would want to experience, uh, how do mm-hmm. they do that? Where on uh, social media, where on the web, where do they find you? Um, well, most of the time people will just Google Bobby Mackey's and then his page will come up. And he actually has a link on his page that will send you to our page. Um, or you could just Google Gatekeeper Paranormal. And, and we have online booking on our page. So you could just book a tour directly through there. Sounds awesome. And like you said, if it's just uh, three people it's or less, it's 35 a piece. But if you're mm-hmm. doing four or more, you get it for, what, 25 a piece? 25 a piece, yeah. And this time of year, it's, you know, we get kind of busy around Halloween and our tours get filled up. But a lot of times, you know, in the, in the slower months, it'll just be, you know, you and, and your friend maybe that you would be in there all by yourself. So that would be kind mm-hmm. of fun. Exactly. That sounds like a great experience. Laura, thank you for joining us today. We enjoyed learning about uh, gatekeepers and uh, about the history of Bobby Mackey's. Well, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Appliance Factory of Mattress Kingdom is your kitchen appliance headquarters. Save 30 to 60% every day on everything from LG and GE to KitchenAid and Samsung. If you're considering upgrading your home appliances or mattresses, stop at any one of Appliance Factory of Mattress Kingdom locations. Plus, Mattress Kingdom inside Appliance Factory has largest Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster, and Sealy Selection. Visit ApplianceFactory.com. Good morning, James Lewis of This Dream House, the show that's all about the haunted house for Halloween. Our special guest today is Bobby Mackey of Bobby Mackey's. Mr. Mackey, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. It's great to be with you. So how did you get started in music? Well, uh, my mom says I was singing before I could talk. (laughs) And uh, uh, I don't know, music just came out. Uh, at at four years old, I sang. Uh, Mom taught me to sing uh, "You're Cheating Hard," and I sang it. She took me to uh, to a contest, and it was right around Halloween. I think it, I believe it was a Halloween social or something like that. And they had a talent show, and my mom uh, took me, carried me up on stage, and I I sang. And the uh, I, I remember the thunderous applause, and it scared me to death. And when, awesome. when mom, when I got done singing, and mom come was walking toward the stage to get me, and I, I jumped and leaped in her arms, scared to death, and 
and she comforted me and said, said that that's because they like you. They're making that noise because they like you. And I was hooked right then. I wanted to hear more of that. <laughs> that is awesome. So sounds like music is a bit of a family tradition with the Mackies. Well, yeah. My, my mom, uh, uh, in her teenage years, she played guitar and guitar and sang. And actually, she, when I was eight and I got my first guitar, she taught me taught me to play the guitar. And I, I always say that she did a better job teaching me to play guitar than she did teaching me to tie my shoes. Nice. So uh, you've been in the music industry over 50 years. Um, yeah. I, in, in 1970, it was the first band I got with. And uh, I started playing full-time in a nightclub back of Cincinnati. And it just went from there. I mean, I, the music was, was everything. And then I played eight years in three different clubs in that same area. And uh, then uh, uh, I had an opportunity to get my own club over in northern Kentucky. Of course, I lived in northern Kentucky and always drove, drove over back of Cincinnati five, sometimes six nights a week. But uh, I was able to open my own nightclub, and, and it was an old gambling casino that had been closed. And uh, and uh, in, in trying to get it open and working to get it open, uh, a kid up the street uh, that lived in the closest house to the place, and he knew the place like the back of his hand. When we were down there at the place uh, one evening, we looking it over, and he popped through the door and said, Hi, I'm Carl. If anything you need to know about this place, I know everything about this place. So uh, he was 18 years old, and and we put him into work. He he wanted a job. We put him to work cleaning and painting, and, and as we got open, he became the, the uh, caretaker. He would uh, take care of the place and uh, stock the beer and sweep the floors and all that stuff, but before we got open, uh, my my late wife and I uh, were there about every day, and and Carl started trying to tell me things about the about the nightclub, and you know, I did what I had on my mind at that time was wasn't nothing about paranormal, I guarantee you, and and didn't want to hear about it, but. I finally picked up on what he was trying to tell me, and I said, if you're trying to tell me this place has got some kind of haunting or something going on, I don't want to hear that, and I don't want nobody else to hear it. Don't you tell nobody, because I had everything sunk in there and had to get the place open. And, uh, and you know, he he uh, went along with me. He, he, was, he was a great kid, I'm telling you. And... Uh, and as we got open and, and time goes on and and uh, Carl was Carl, you know, and, and there were there were times I do believe that he was possessed in some way because he always had a, a different personality. And I'd have to talk to him for a second to figure out how to deal with him because he seemed to be always different. But uh, got down the road uh, uh about about ten years in, and a, a friend of mine was coming in the club by the name of Douglas Hensley, and he was writing short stories and selling them to magazines. 
and it was uh, real gory stuff, just just fiction. And uh, he was doing that, and uh, he read something to me one day, uh, or one one night he read some some uh, lines from something he was writing. I said, I said that reminds me of what Carl's been trying to tell me for years. I said, he says there's a story here that uh, a true story that uh, that he's been telling me about, but but I won't let him talk about it. Well, Doug got excited, and that that particular night, Carl was operating the mechanical bull. We have a mechanical bull in the club, and Carl was the operator that night for us. And uh, and it uh, so Doug went to him, tried to get him to talk to him about it, and he wouldn't. And of course, I was on stage singing. You know, I had played several sets that night, so I I was. Doug kept coming to me. He said, Carl won't tell me about it. Well, I told him not to talk about it. And then he'd go back to Carl. He'd come back to me. And at the end of the night, he brought Carl to me face to face. And, you know, it had been a long night. And I didn't want no pressure from nobody. And Doug said, you got to tell him to tell me, give him okay to tell me about this story. I said, well, Carl, you want to tell him. I don't care. I didn't think it'd go anywhere anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and at that point, you know, business had been very successful. And we'd gone through Urban Cowboy, and we'd gotten a mechanical bull that went with that. So things were pretty good anyway. And uh, and and Doug just became obsessed with it, and he and he got the story out of Carl and things things that I didn't have any clue, didn't no idea about those things, and. Uh, it went from there. Doug wrote the book, and the book got out, and we got on several shows. We were on Jerry Springer and in his very early days of, of his TV show, and uh, just went from there. And it, you know, I, I I can't believe what all it's done. I never never dreamed to do that, but I, through it all, I'm still into the music. I was then, I am now, and I have paid very little attention to that. And actually became kind of embarrassed about it for a while, but you know it was bigger than me, and I couldn't stop it if I wanted to. So, if our listeners are wanting to hear that type of music or uh, possibly uh, take a tour and see a ghost, where should they go? Where can we learn more about Bobby Mackey's? Well, uh, we're all over. I guess if you just Google Bobby Mackey's, it'll bring all that up. But. Uh, I've got lots of music, lots of my music on YouTube, and it's available on iTunes, Google, and Amazon. Any place you can buy uh, digital music, my music is available. I got a new album just coming out, and you mentioned my 50 years, commemorating the 50 years. It's called 50 Years of Bobby Mackey, and I got, I'm really proud of this album. It's it's coming out real soon. Sounds great. So it sounds like things are uh, very exciting at Bobby Mackey's. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mackey, for joining us today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Appliance Factory of Mattress Kingdom is your kitchen appliance headquarters. Save 30 to 60% every day on everything from LG and GE to KitchenAid and Samsung. If you're considering upgrading your home appliances or mattresses, stop at any one of Appliance Factory of Mattress Kingdom locations. Plus, Mattress Kingdom inside Appliance Factory has the largest Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster, and Sealy selection. Visit ApplianceFactory.com. 
At this Dreamhouse, we want to hear from the experts. This month, we are focusing on appliances. So today, we have Josh Spicer from Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom here to talk about the appliance industry in a new segment called Talk with the Experts. Josh, thank you for joining us today. James, thanks for having me on again. Why is it so hard nowadays to find stock on appliances? Um, you know, with going through COVID, um, a lot of the manufacturers were hit really hard. Um, you know, uh, they had to practice uh, social distancing, um, which really limited the amount of workers that they could have in the factory. Um, and then also, unfortunately, like everything else, everyone else out there, they did have some COVID cases that came through, which also shut down some factories. Um, there's been challenges in supply lines because online sales had skyrocketed so much. Um, and then also with uh, a couple of the natural disasters that we've seen this year uh, made it a challenge as some of the uh, manufacturing plants were shut down because of that. So it's really put manufacturing back, honestly, anywhere from four to six months right now. So it's a challenge, um, but most of the manufacturers are back up and running. Um, they're trying, they're doing everything in their power to get back to full capacity, get those appliances out to everyone. But it really has put a ripple in the uh, market. So it sounds like it's a wide variety of things. Yes, sir. Um, and, and they're really focusing on getting those high-volume pieces out. So your refrigeration, um, your ranges, um, that's really their focus. And you've seen a lot of uh, manufacturers out there kind of slim down their choices right now so that they could have a finite focus on those very, very important high-velocity models. So, so for example, uh, stainless steel is the most popular by a wide margin. I mean, probably nine out of 10 pieces that are sold are stainless steel. So you're more likely to get a stainless steel sooner than you would, say, a black or a white or a bisque or any of those other types, I would think. Yeah, exactly. So the stainless steels are what we're getting in first. But the really nice thing about it is, so look, let me back up. So if you're looking for something right now, stainless is really that place that you want to go. But if you're not, if you're in the middle of a remodel or you're looking at finishing up a remodel at the end of the year, maybe the beginning of next year, you can still come in and place those other ones on order, whether it be black or white or the really pretty black stainless um, slate. You can get all those in order uh, on order right now, um, and we actually recommend for folks to do that. That way, when those orders start coming through, you're at the front of the pack. What about the big box stores? Do they have appliances in stock? What you're seeing from the big box stores are they have a few choice models in stock, um, but they don't have – they didn't make the huge buys like uh, we did early on to get our name on those appliances, um, and they don't move as quickly. Um, we have a really, really good relationship with our vendors. Um, so we can go to them, and instead of saying, hey, these are the models that we normally order, we can say, you know what, what do you have in stock that we can offer our customers? Or big boxes, they really have kind of order sheets that they go off of, and if they will have those products in stock, it's a much much harder challenge for those locations. Um, so they're definitely having a bigger challenge on getting pieces in stock, 
And really where they're struggling at is anything that's not in stock. If a customer has to order it and they have to maintain that order, watch that order, set it for delivery when it comes in, that's really not something that big boxes are used to. Um, where we, um, you know, you come in, you have a sales associate, you buy from that sales associate, they own that all the way through, so they can manage your piece. When it comes in, they can make sure to get that piece out to you, call you, let you know availability for delivery. Um, so they're really seeing a lot of challenges right now in the market. Before we let you go, Josh, where on social media, where on the web, where can they find out more about Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom? Um, so you can go to Facebook and look up all of our individual stores. Um, you can go on Google and check our stores out. Like I said, we have about an average 4.7% uh, or 4.7 rating on Google. Um, then you can also go to appliancefactory.com, uh, look at all the items that we have. Um, what I recommend, too, is when people go to appliancefactory.com, if you go to the very top, it says Rebate Center, you can see all the amazing rebates that the manufacturers are running right now. Um, and then you can also, excuse me, follow us on Instagram. We have Instagram that you can go check out that kind of gives us uh, an inside view of what we do. Um, and then we also have uh, amazing informational videos on YouTube. Uh, you can go see our Chef Mark, who is based out of Denver, uh, give um, uh, cooking seminars. Um, we do some tech seminars, so if something's wrong with a washer or dryer, we kind of walk people through how to diagnose it, um, and we give product insight on there. So really great place to go check us out. Sounds great. Thank you for joining us, Josh. Thank you for having me on again. I really love coming on and talking to you, James. Thank you for tuning into the show, Ohio. Please join us again next Saturday morning. Appliance Factory of Mattress Kingdom is your kitchen appliance headquarters. Save 30 to 60% every day on everything from LG and GE to KitchenAid and Samsung. If you're considering upgrading your home appliances or mattresses, stop at any one of Appliance Factory of Mattress Kingdom locations. Plus, Mattress Kingdom inside Appliance Factory has largest Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster, and Sealy Selection. Visit appliancefactory.com.